0: It took me till I was 26 to get my hands on that Great Britain vest for the track and it was just a dream come true.
1: There's a lot of solo running going on, but as you know, there's very little competition. What we wanted to try and do was create an inclusive competition for all runners, not just members of running clubs.
0: With all that's gone on this last year, i kind of like to think that I was a bit of a brick in the wall towards this change. And looking back now, it's like, right, well, that chapter's closed. We're on to the next season. Let's
2: rewrite and see what happens. Hello, my name's Alex Eftel. Thanks for tuning in to the England Athletics Podcast. On the show this month, a great down-to-earth chat with one of Britain's best middle distance runners. Alex Bell has made a world semi-final and a Commonwealth final in the last two years also breaking the two minute barrier for 800 metres. She's been talking about everything from past agony over selection, to where her mindset currently is without a major championship to focus on this year. There's an absolute corker of a story about her first ever international vest as well. Also, Andy Anstey from England Athletics joins us to talk about the kinds of virtual competitions on offer at the moment. But first of all, our featured athlete interview, I asked Alex Bell, how things have been different over the last few months.
0: Oh, well, it's, it's, been, <laughs> it's been a bit of a roller coaster, hasn't it, for us all? We've all been in the same situation. We're all in the same boat. It's just finding things to get you through your day. I mean, the days have just all rolled into one for me. I'm not sure about yourself, but I look back and I think every day is more or less the same. You get up, you try and find something to do, you get on with it, and then eat, you go to bed, and that's it. You do it all over again. I work so much better with a routine. <laughs> like, I have to have a structure to my day like I've got to get up, I've got to have a checklist I've got to make sure even if it's just small things you know. Yeah
2: I know what you mean about the days rolling into one because um, someone says how was your weekend you're like it was the weekend?
0: Exactly <laughs> I think every day is the weekend every day feels like a Saturday.
2: <laughs> have you been able to take any positives from this time I mean in theory we have kind of been able to slow down the fast pace of life and As an athlete for you, you, you've gone through some ups and some downs, some frustrations, some high moments. Has this been an opportunity to reflect?
0: Oh, of course, there's positives, you know. I mean, you make of things however you must, but definitely know that there's no championships as such. So there's that pressure of making a team, making the times, that pressure's gone. And the thing, the positive thing for me this year is just working on the things that maybe we've rushed in the past, going into races or the season and certain championships obviously when we heard about the championships and everything being moved to September time it just gave us a bit of a chance to invest in a bit more endurance and do a lot more endurance you know and just trying to delay our season to still hopefully peak and prime and be in shape for when when the time comes so hopefully there is going to be some form of a season but For us, the end goal remains the same. It's making them teams and it's performing when it matters, really. And we're just, we're doing our best to just keep on our toes and and just be ready for when the time comes, really.
2: How important do you think it is that there is kind of some sort of season? Because 2021, there might be lots to, to wait for and just keep fresh for. So is it important that there's some kind of level of competition towards the end of this year?
0: I believe so yeah I mean even if competition doesn't come and arise in the way that we want it to arise we still have to keep competitive I think in some respect for instance my coach will be keeping me on my toes with some form of time trials or some trialing I still feel like you've got to push yourself to a certain extent and you know be motivated for something and the best thing about running and athletics is yeah it's an individual sport in that way but as a team we're working together we're always striving to be better you can always move the goal, you can always move the goalpost. There's always a time that you can be chipping away at or there's always a new distance or a new race you could be trying. It's, it's, it's adaptable and that, that is what I love about athletics itself, that the goals and the targets can always change and I'll do whatever I can this year to just just to keep comparing and just making sure that I'm on my track. And as long as we're we're working on something, that's got to be a positive, surely.
2: Well, in years gone by one of your targets was to break two minutes for 800 metres and you were chipping away and and chipping away. Uh, And then you did it in 2018 in Watford in lovely sunny conditions, pretty much like the weather we've been having throughout, ironically, most of this lockdown period while we'd all been inside. Tell me about what it meant to break that barrier. You know, was it actually not the be all and end all or was it really important step? Did it give you a boost?
0: I can't believe it was two years ago, if I'm honest with you. But um, still, I remember it, like, so, so well. It's still, to this day, one of my favourite races and one of my fondest memories that I've got. I mean, you were there on the evening, you saw what it meant when I crossed that line. And, yeah, it was just, that was a target of mine for so long. And it was just such a relief to cross that line and just know that everything that you've you've dreamed and hoped for has is, is been achieved and been smashed. But the target now, you've got to keep moving forward. Like, there's no Point and just sitting back and being like, "Yeah, pick that box like that's just I've achieved everything you've wanted to achieve. You've always got to be that one step ahead. you've always got to be hungry for something else, I think, and that's you know that's that's what we're we're training for, for for that next step, for that next stage. still makes me smile when I think about that race to this day.
2: yeah, and the British Milers Club, well let's say in the last decade, in something like six out of nine seasons a time at a BMC event has featured in one of your top three times of the season, which is incredible really. Does that that suggest to me that maybe you're you've been quite keen in following those races in order to maybe learn a bit of racecraft and supporting British events in, in the UK. How has the British Miles Club and those races helped you and why have you kept turning out to them?
0: I think the British Milers Club is a fantastic platform of all ages, of all abilities. I'll always at least do one or two. It's a great way of bringing everything home onto home soil. It, like that sub two, it just proves that you don't have to travel millions of miles around the world to do a fast time. It can be done on the doorstep and on home turf. I think last year at Watford, we had a good lineup for the 800, the eight women's A race. And yeah, you know, it's just it's just brilliant to bring, or if we can bring more of the GB girls like together as one. We don't have to flee the nest, you know. We don't have to travel all these miles to get a cracking race. Can just be done in sunny Watford
2: it's interesting because I think in in recent years one because of travelling to other parts of Europe is is cheaper and there's a chance of getting better weather uh, and getting there faster as well but British fans might argue they've missed out on seeing uh, some top class fields do you have any thoughts on that
0: I can see the benefits of travelling abroad I mean now you do it quite regular anyway but I always make sure that I have time to do the BMCs or the Grand Prix you know what I mean the Grand Prix is, is always going to be in my calendar um, and obviously I see the advantages of traveling away as well prize money and you know just even just having the race experience abroad and just the whole experience of getting your body used to preparing for the race in like the less than 24 hour travel time that you have of your journey and then I, I see all the benefits of that but I'm just saying like if there's the opportunity to race on home soil and obviously you've seen the crowds that we, we bring to like the Watford BMCs, the Trafford BMCs. I think take that opportunity because it's what the British crowd wants to see as well. We've got a fantastic crowd here and obviously the weather's not too shabby or it's not been too shabby lately. It's not always the worst weather that we always have here. It's just to make the most of what we've got in the UK, you know, bring it home.
2: Well, there was some weather that needed adjusting to in uh, in Doha <laughs> last year for you. But the excitement of being at a World Championships was, I'm sure, propelled you through that experience. Just tell me about, first of all, doing what you needed to do in order to qualify. You know, so much pressure and stress on the British Championships.
0: So just getting to that final was was in itself just a huge relief because anything can happen in these sort of races. It's not always fast. There's so many different things you have to be thinking about. Very quick on your toes. The, the level and the standard that we've got in British distance running at the moment is fierce, you know. The the girls are all so strong and, oh my goodness, that next week was, oh my God, I can't tell you. I was up and down, I was crying, I was nervous. I just did not know what to think. Obviously, being in the third spot, I just thought, why? They don't have to take three people. it can just It's just the guaranteed top two. Why? If they don't have to, why would they take the third athlete? So, yeah, when, when it got announced and I got told, I was, just, I was just absolutely flattered because that was my first major championship running for Great Britain. I'd represented Great Britain before in the cross-countries and in the relays, but never on the track. And it took me till I was 26 to get my hands on that Great Britain vest for the track and oh, it was just a dream come true. So then it was a pretty quick turnaround after the championships. and um, We didn't really have much time before we were flying off to Dubai where we were there for the holding camp and as soon as we got off that plane I've never felt a heat like it honestly I couldn't hardly breathe I can't actually describe it to you it was just unbearable (laughs) but I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to go to Dubai because that really did help in adjusting to the conditions and then yeah we went to Doha. a few sessions in Doha before we we were fine-tuning before we raced that that following week and it was an unbelievable experience honestly it really was the race in itself was it was quite strange because I've never run in an air conditioned stadium before and everyone were there. They're like, oh, my God, how, how on earth did you manage to race? How did you manage to race? But it wasn't actually too bad racing. It was actually perfect conditions for us all. Um, and it was on an evening as well, which made it even more interesting because they brought on the lights as well in all the finals. I don't know if you got to see much of it, but when you were there, it was just it was just an unbelievable experience.
2: Yeah, it it certainly looked like it. As you say, you waited until you were 26 to get an experience like that. In some ways, there are some athletes who might have thought, okay, I'm now at the stage where I need to start earning money or I need to consider my place in the sport. You know, some have done. They might even do it this year because of the gap without maybe funding and and without earning much of a living at the moment. It, It could be a season where some athletes actually drop out of the sport. So I just wonder what you'd say to to people that, you know, are maybe around the age of 26 and and are considering their place in the sport. And does it worry you that some athletes might drop out this season?
0: Um, Well, I just think as long as you've got a goal and your heart's in the right place and you are determined to do whatever you want to set out to achieve, then why, I don't understand why age would be a restriction. I've obviously thought many a times, like, oh my God, I'm 20. Well, I'm actually 27 now like this year would potentially be my first Olympics you know next year now I'm going to be 28 like where does a career lie in this like there's obviously there's so many things that run through your mind but until I've me personally until I've set out and achieved what I have wanted to do I'm determined to do it then everything else can wait because to me this this means so much and to look back on life and be like oh but if I'd have just Give it another year, like what if, what if, what if. So, I just think if you've got something that you believe in or you've got something that you want to do or achieve, like, why would you stop at just an age? Like, age is just a number. And to me, I, I like to see myself as quite a late developer. I never made any of the junior teams. You know, I, I only started running seriously, full on seriously, and commit everything to it when I was about 23, 24. I never made any major championships. I've only just finished third at the British champs, so I'd like to think that this is just the start of a long journey for me.
2: Brilliant determination that you have, and it has been great for that reason, Alex. You know, when I started going to BMC events five, six years ago to see you as someone who was sort of competitive there and rising every year, it's it's been a great story to watch. There are a number of stories like it, such as uh, Beth Dobbin and and her rise too. At times, you've had to overcome. Occasions where, you know, for example, after being overlooked for funding, you said you kind of made the point that you just wanted a fair process for everyone. So that is another frustration that you've had to deal with. How does it affect your mindset?
0: (laughs) It is. I mean, it's not just happened overnight, like this form of resilience. I like to think I've built it up over the past couple of years. Um, It's something that I work at weekly. I have used the sports psychologist in the past which has helped me like structure my thoughts and my plans and my ideologies and you know, it has it has been hard and it's been pretty tough, but you know, tough times make tough people, I like to think. But yeah, there's been so many things and I just think, well, these things happen for a reason and people just think they'll say certain things to me or about me and it's like, Well, if you think I'm just gonna disappear just from a comment or from your opinion, then like I said, I don't think I'm going to let somebody, you know, without a backbone, just stop me from doing that. And it goes for anyone. So it doesn't necessarily have to be for athletics. Like the barriers are there for you to overcome and you just got to do whatever you can. you just got to dig deep and do what's right, do what's in the bottom of your heart. And that's, that's always to do the right thing for me.
2: Are you hopeful that stuff like clarity of selection processes will improve, particularly as there are some, some changes going on at UKA?
0: I'm obviously really positive and hopeful that there is going to be change. Um, Over this last year, it has it has been an emotional rollercoaster. It's not just the physical side, you know. You see the athletes, you see the runs, you see the training. It is an emotion that comes with it as well. With all that's gone on this last year, I kind of like to think that I was a bit of a brick in the wall towards this change, you know, this change and this movement that we're we're hopefully going to see. But at the same time, I feel I've spent a lot of my energy and put a lot of my energy into it and. To me, the way I work is like in chapters. I see the stages of my life as like a book. And looking back now, it's like, right, well, that chapter's closed. We're on to the next season. Let's rewrite and see what happens. So, yeah, I am hopeful. and positive about it. At the same time, I don't want to dwell too much on the past. That chapter's closed. We're about to write the next one.
2: Well, that seems a good way to end a chapter of the podcast. We'll hear some more about the characters in Alex Bell's proverbial book later. Before that, as things begin to feel just a little bit more back to normal, there's a chance to hear about some of the different virtual competitions on offer right now. They include the half hour limited weekly 30 run challenge. England Athletics Head of Business Development, Andy Anstey, can explain more.
1: There's a little bit of background. You know, obviously we recognise it's difficult times for runners at the moment and there's a lot of solo running going on, but as you know, there's there's very little competition going on or or real world competition. And what we wanted to try and do was was create an inclusive competition for all runners, not just members of, of running clubs. So weekly 30 is a it's a virtual challenge, pretty straightforward. It happens every single weekend. So runners can run any point on a Saturday or Sunday, and they just have to run as far as they can in 30 minutes. And we've got a partnership with OpenTrack as, a, as our competition platform. Uh, it's got a API integration with Strava. So people just go on, register once, uh, evidence, their 30 minutes of their run, either through a Strava integration link or or a URL um, evidence of their run, and it, the idea is to try and provide a little bit of competition at, at a number of different levels. So so you can see how far you've run in 30 minutes, but also on, on two different competition levels. We've looked at this for running clubs, um, so you're representing your club, and the nice thing is that every single run counts. So it's done on. We're looking at total distance run by club or, or run together group and also average distance per runner so that it's really really inclusive so we've got club against club competition we've got run together against run together competition but we also wanted to open this up to other sports and recognizing particularly those sports team sports where they're not able to take part in competition at the moment and trying to provide some sort of friendly competition for them so new runners or those from other sports can actually pick down. There's a drop down of 40 different, 46 different sports. And so we've actually got sport against sport competition. So it'll be interesting to see who's, who's quicker, rugby union or rugby league. The first weekend we had around um, 900 registered. And I think we've got just under 400 so far that have actually recorded a run and registered a run. So I think it's, it's an encouraging start and we're looking to run this Initially, we've looked at scheduling this every single weekend through to the end of 2020.
2: Well, I like the fact that you can do it on either Saturday or Sunday, because I know sometimes if you take parkrun as an example, some people say, oh, well, you know, I'd love to do parkrun, but uh, Saturday mornings are, are already busy for me. Talking of flexibility, you've got the, the virtual 5K road running championship coming up as something to look forward to, a, a one-off championship mid-July and there's a chance to do that uh, across the weekend so just tell me a bit about the 5k. Yes uh, again it's a
1: similar story obviously our national champs of various different distances are built into existing running events and obviously a lot of those mass participation events have had to be either cancelled or postponed and so the 5k one which was due to take place in Ipswich in May um, obviously wasn't able to take place and so what we wanted to try and do was create that 5k competition and I I guess the advantage of this is now that whereas before you actually had to be there in Ipswich now it is open to absolutely anyone we haven't got an entry criteria but obviously it is is aimed at our best performing athletes but we've got you know club competition we've got age grade competitions as well as the sort of fastest men and women and that is due to take place in the, the second weekend of July I think it's the 11th 12th of July Obviously, we'll see what, what holds in terms of other distances. Our national champs at the moment, obviously, we've got those scheduled for events in the autumn. And then obviously, depending on what happens, we may convert some of these other ones into virtual as well, depending on whether those are, those events need to be rescheduled or not.
2: The Masters programming in athletics has, has just grown over the last couple of years. People then compete also in their age categories, don't they? Yes. Well,
1: we'll have the, the age, age categories, I think, from 35 through to, to 85. So we'll have winners and uh, medals for all, all the way through uh, men's and women's, I think, from 35 to, to 85. So, yes, uh, it'll be. we're looking forward to that. I think, again, we've got just under 1,000 registered so far for the 5K uh, virtual national champs and numbers to grow over the coming weeks.
2: If people want to to organise their own challenge or or put basically their, their training group together virtually so they can do things at, at the same time um, in different places or even at different times. So there, there are a couple of platforms that can be used. I know you've already mentioned OpenTrack, which is uh, or, you know already been used prior to this virtual period to do live timing and, and results of competitions. But there's OpenTrack and there's another one, uh, app called RaceFully as well. So just to explain how those uh, platforms work.
1: Just taking OpenTrack initially. So OpenTrack is obviously an entry system and a competition results system. And we've reached a with with OpenTrack where any uh, of our affiliated clubs can use that platform fully free of charge for themselves and their registered athletes to create virtual competitions. And it's been, it's been hugely popular with our clubs. So far, we've had about 220 clubs or 220 competitions taking place. And over 40,000 entries, so it's actually been been hugely successful, and it's it's lovely, it's something that we can do, say, completely free of charge for our clubs. Racefully is a very different proposition. It's an app on iOS only at the moment on Apple, but it allows in real time competition between a small number of individuals. You create what's called a, a tribe, and up to eight individuals can race in real time in different locations. So you get a commentary on how you're doing within your race against uh, people within your group. Yeah, it's nice to have a range of options for our for our athletes.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say just looking at open track now I can see people have uh, set up challenges in Cardiff and Dulwich and Colwyn Bay, Swansea and Worcester. So they're now got a, a great way of channeling that enthusiasm for for competition that everyone's been sort of, you know, locked up and, and yearning to do it's it's sort of a uh, an outpouring of that desire to get running again so it, it really is great to see the the response that you've mentioned isn't it
1: yes and and i'd say also alex it's it's not just obviously we've, we've spoken a lot about running but we also have options around track and field so uh, we've been working again with the, the open track platform but also sports Store to create a, a multi-event a virtual multi-event at home which is using the sports hall framework the different activities that can be done either at at home or or in the park so there's things like standing long jump standing triple jump vertical standing vertical jump chest pushes as shuttle runs so there's a range range of exercises that use the sports hall scoring system that again that clubs can use the open track platform free of charge and create that club-based competition for stuff they can they can try at home
2: Sports Hall, for those that don't know, I believe it is the organisation that provides uh, competition programs for children in schools, isn't it?
1: That's correct. Yes. And Sports Hall have a have a scoring system, and I say that scoring system applies irrespective of age. So you can, you know, it's equally although it was designed for for children, it's absolutely equally applicable uh, for any age that wants to take part in these activities. The more that you do, that the more points you get. So in in some respects, it's like a traditional multi-discipline. Uh, combined events. It's just different activities.
2: Yeah, and talking of any age, um, we've talked previously in these podcast with the likes of uh, Chris Jones and Scott Grace about some of the, the resources that are available for younger athletes, uh, as well as that, the uh, Athletics 365 app. And I know this week, on a coaching basis, there's something new as well.
1: Yes, so really excited. Uh, this week, we are testing a new online running coaching product, virtual coaching product. And we're just testing it at the moment amongst the EA community, so amongst our registered athletes and run together. We're partnering with an organization called Final Surge, um, and they're a sort of interactive coaching platform, coaching calendar platform. And this will give uh, access so for just for 10Ks at the moment. We're gonna have three different levels depending on your experience. And it's giving them access to our really, really high level performance coaches led by Tom Craggs, one of our regional coach leads, but also supported by two other of our regional coach leads. And they will get dedicated access to that England performance coach within their group that's supporting them through that journey. So as well as the interactive training calendar where they can get their um, training program for 10K, there's going to be a huge bank of video-based resource and tutorials and and training, a weekly webinar, there's going to be forums, a social wall, all built within this platform. It's a sort of monthly subscription, there's a 14-day free trial initially and then it's £25, £25 a month or £15 a month for registered athletes but I think we're really really excited about this, we're just testing it on a fairly small scale but it's it's giving people the ability to a access that really high level performance coach but also learning within their group it's recognizing it we're going to have groups that will all be going on that of the same sort of ability going on that same journey together so there's a little bit of sort of peer learning and support in there as well
2: we've seen a number of different ways in which england athletics is trying to support people to to try and uh, be involved in some competition be involved in some training obviously it's an evolving situation all the time, and I suppose the guidance on on that Andy would be to to check the England athletics uh, social media and website to stay updated basically on what the latest is
1: yes, I think within all this we absolutely people must follow any you know the government guidance around running and taking part safely, and obviously that evolves as we get further evidence or further guidance from the government, but at the moment obviously you know people are allowed to to exercise in groups of up to six, providing that they're maintaining the correct social distancing. And obviously, as we get further updates, we will obviously provide further updates on our website.
2: Thanks to Andy for coming on. Important bit of advice at the end there with national guidelines likely to continue to change as well. Time then to return to Alex Bell. She's been taking part in a virtual exercise challenge on social media herself called the Nike Living Room Cup, along with Dina Asher-Smith and others. But time to get to know her off the track as well. Things you might not know, including her experience as a volunteer special constable in the police. Alex has also had to postpone her wedding during lockdown, but she's very grateful for her companionship with her cocker spaniel dog called Ted.
0: He's been amazing. and honestly, like, he's helped so much throughout this time as well. I mean, I know he doesn't talk back. That's probably one of the good things I like about him, that he doesn't answer back, but... I just oh he's just amazing honestly he's, he's killed so much time with me over these last few weeks we've found new routes gone on explores I'd like exploring adventures and yeah he's just amazing honestly I know everyone will say that about the round dog but he really is special to me he's a bit overweight I know but he's fit so that's all that matters and he's cute so that overrules <laughs> everything
2: <laughs> <laughs> during this time you've also had to postpone uh, your wedding so what was that like it's a bit of a frustration isn't it
0: oh no this year was gonna this was gonna be such a big year like obviously we're gonna kick off the season with the wedding in april and oh god i know it was such a nightmare but at the end of the day it's health before wealth and all that you know it's 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 gonna happen we postpone the day that's not a problem and we'd rather do that and have the day that we wanted rather than to restrict and you know can't imagine to have a wedding and just have two or three people just available and you know to see the day after all the time and effort we've put into it the priority is people's health and well-being and that means more to us than the wedding itself and we know we've come to terms that next year it's just going to be even bigger and better so it just means I get to race another year as being a bell so <laughs> oh. I don't mind at all <laughs>
2: Must have been only a few weeks before that you you maybe had to take the decision to postpone.
0: It was uh, they actually gave us the opportunity. They said you can go ahead with it if you like, but there was only a limit of I think it was two or three people that could be available on the day with you. Um, otherwise everything else it was almost like an exchange. So all of our suppliers, everybody who was involved in the day originally, they've all been so good and supportive, and they've said, look, we can give you this day. Do you just want to switch the dates and we can just do that free of charge and no hassle at all? So we're like, well, what's another year? We might as well wait and have the day that we wanted. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed, next April, we can do it all over again. Get excited for it in the new year.
2: (laughs) Yeah, two lots of excitement, I suppose. Right, I've got one more question, then a, a short little game. From time to time, I talk to athletes and they all seem to have their own kind of unique setup, unique journey. You, you've talked about being overlooked for funding and the frustration that that has caused. At the same time, we've seen other athletes like Sophie McKenna turn down funding because uh, she is happy with her setup and, and the job that she has. Jamie Webb, uh, as a school teacher, also doing the 800 metres, is frustrated at the fact that he does compete alongside people who are lucky to have full time funding. But he has fitted well into the routine of training and teaching. So. What do you think of the, the fact that some athletes are making full time or part time jobs work for them and others are really going after funding? Where do you sit on that debate?
0: So first and foremost, I have been on funding in the past and I actually don't think it always makes a difference. People think, oh, you get part funding, you're going to be this world class athlete and it doesn't always happen like that each to their own, you know, whatever works for them, people thrive off work environment and having the balance of work alongside being an athlete. Others, that's all i have ever known is to be an athlete. So that's, that is the route for them. Myself personally, I, I graduated, how many years? I don't want to tell you how many years ago now, but a few years ago, <laughs> I've lost count, I've lost count. <laughs> all my life i wanted to be in the police. And at the time of when I graduated in West Yorkshire specifically, there was actually no paid roles. There was like a freeze on all the governmental roles in West Yorkshire at the time. And the only opportunity that they really had was the specials. West Yorkshire, like being in the specials, they have it in every force. And basically it's you go and do your 12 weeks training. I went to Wakefield in my 12 weeks. you have sworn in. You have to, you know, say your oath and you get given your handcuffs. You, you basically get given the full powers of the police officer. Went out on the street, did all the patrolling in in my area and I absolutely loved it like it's it was everything and more that I wanted and it was brilliant for me you got to see obviously all the things that happen all the things sometimes that you don't want to see or be part of but it it is real life it's what happens it's what goes on and I absolutely loved it and I was getting to the point where I was doing all these hours I was ended up doing the night shift so like 9 p.m till 5 a.m and, you know it was just that was when all the crazy things happened so I was like oh I want to do this want to do this and it was getting to the point where I was like I think it's 2017 and it was coming to the crossroads of like do I really want to pursue the police just yet because the, the job role started to open or do I pursue my athletics because it was coming up to be in Commonwealth that following year when I retire I'm athletics it's something that I can pursue if I want to I've got the experience I know what it's about yeah I've just took on a part-time job instead so I work for a, a very well-known sports company that works for me I love it I go in so many hours a week they're so supportive obviously being a sporting company of what I do that that just what I found works for me balance of work alongside training it, it keeps me grounded
2: brilliant right do you want to play a little game
0: let's go for it
2: I said that I wouldn't make this too hard, uh, like I haven't with, with other people. <laughs> I decided the quiz would be Alex or Bell. The answer is going to be Alex or Bell. So, for example, if I said an instrument, the answer would be Bell. Does that sound like it would be acceptable to play and, and I won't okay. uh, humiliate either <laughs> of us?
0: It sounds fun, go on. Let's give it a go.
2: Okay. Number one great britain international long distance runner and triathlete who studied in leeds like you is it alex or bell alex yes and that's alex yee yeah
0: um
2: is he still based in
0: leeds yeah i've seen him just before lockdown i'm sure it seems so long ago now
2: (laughs) (laughs) okay right one point to you question number two a type of a particular vegetable (laughs) bell yeah (laughs) <laughs> bell pepper I have actually got some sound effects uh, here let's see
0: oh really <laughs> oh <look at> that. <laughs>
2: um, right question number three then this comes at the end of the school day
0: <laughs> bell
2: yeah I told you I didn't want to make it too hard <laughs> question number four an England and Liverpool football midfielder
0: oh I know it Mr. Chamberlain Alex.
2: Yeah, that's right. Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. He's been doing the um, the staircase challenge in lockdown. He has, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've been doing the living room Cup.
0: I have, yeah, it's been brilliant. Tiring, but brilliant.
2: <laughs> Just kind of bring some of the, the like the world class sporting superstars like Cristiano Ronaldo. It brings them down to earth. When you feel like you can have a go against someone like that, it's been a fun concept.
0: Have you given it a go yourself?
2: I have trouble doing the, uh, what they call the mountain uh, mountain climbers or blockbusters.
0: Oh my goodness, <laughs> yes. <laughs> i had sore legs for a week, I'm not even lying.
2: <laughs> next one. So, all right so far, this next one known as the great this was a king of an ancient greek kingdom any ideas alex yes it was alexander the Great. i've
0: got a feeling the one that's going to come next probably the telephone
2: inventor <laughs> well see that would be both so i thought that'd be too tricky but uh... oh, I see. <laughs> right next one an american football striker morgan
0: morgan
2: last name or first name Oh, that might be giving it away okay then
0: I'll just I'll just go with I'll go with Bell on this one
2: it's actually Alex Morgan
0: oh is it oh.
2: But that's uh, just the one wrong out of the five okay this one's a little bit harder then an Indian dish it's a savoury snack with vegetables puffed rice and a tangy sauce
0: <laughs>
2: Bell? yeah Bell short for Bell Puri so uh, it is quite nice actually you should, you should try it
0: I've never tried it. I've never
2: heard of it. A singer who won the X Factor in 2008 with songs including Broken Heels and Hallelujah.
0: Oh, I love her. Alexandra Burke it is. I love her. Bit
2: of a throwback, that one. They all kind of disappear. (laughs) Leona Lewis, Alexandra Burke.
0: Leona Lewis, she was brilliant. Still is, probably.
2: Right, last one then. This one is quite a lottery. A 17th century... Gambling card game.
0: <laughs>
2: Bell. It is, yeah, Bell with an E on the end. This is a game that people used to play with with cards where you bet on what number will be drawn. So there we are, that concludes the probably once and one time only played game of Alex <laughs> or Bell.
0: <laughs> oh, that was many more Alex's than I thought. Honestly, I was like, oh, what, what was he gonna come up with here? I thought you were gonna play a game where you know where you run out of Alex's. So like you could say an Alex, I could say an Alex, you know what I mean? And then we run out that way and the first one to stutter would lose.
2: Yeah, it sounds like you're someone who's had to play quite a few games over this lockdown period. Let's keep your time going.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't do too bad. Could be better, but want the worst.
2: Well, um there's something that I ask every guest on here that so just to finish off it'd be nice. Can I take you back to remembering your first international selection for England, or could be for Great Britain? But your your first vest.
0: Of course, so I'm going to take you back to high school years, <laughs> cross country, and it was getting my first England vest for cross country. It wasn't. I wasn't actually in the original team. Shock horror, <laughs> um, story of my life. It was someone because somebody pulled out. And I managed to get my hands on the vest. And I remember it was up in Perth. And I only just dug the the photograph out just recently. I'll I'll send it across to you. There's quite a few faces who are still running to this day, actually. And, yeah, I remember my dad came up. He was obviously so proud. And he came up to Perth in Scotland to watch me. And, well, he, he didn't drive. He got the train. And then he needed to hitchhike to get to the event. Wow. And I always remember him making it just in the nick of time for my race to start. And that was my first ever International, the SIAB. Yeah, that was my first ever England official England vest.
2: That's fantastic. And talking about old photos, I remember discovering some photos of you at the 2010 English Schools Championships in a Yorkshire vest competing against Adele Tracy.
0: Yeah, those were the days. English schools, oh, they were the best times, honestly. Looking back, they're the best days of your lives. Honestly, it was so good, so good. Every day was a sunny day.
2: <laughs> what would you say to the sort of Alex Bell of ten years ago?
0: It's a long road, and it's, it's it's going to be a long road. And just enjoy every everything that comes your way. Don't worry or stress about anything. You'll find your way somewhere somehow.
2: <laughs> it's been great chatting to you. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much.
2: Absolutely brilliant story at the end that typifies the commitment of parents as sports people sometimes thanks to Alex Bell and Andy Anstey as well as to you for listening to this month's episode always interested to hear from you if you want to get in touch via social media or englandathletics.org that's all for this month though until next time it's goodbye